You guys having a good week? You doing good? Yeah. Awesome. Hey, I know that we have a lot of uh, first-time guests in the room today, so let's everybody just give them a round of applause. <laughs> Woo! And all the people who think that they're cool, too cool to do that, and they're doing this, we're not even doing it at all. Um, you're bums, okay? Um, but anyways, I hope that you're doing good. Um, so I had this roommate in college, um, pretty cool guy. Um, strange guy, uh, strange guy. We he, he just different. Uh, but any college guy is different. All right, there's not one person that's like, oh yeah, that college person's normal. That's not. That's never the case. Okay, they're all strange. But anyways, I had this friend in 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 college, and the strange thing about it was is that, um. I never saw him eat, right? So, like, everyone would go to eat, and, like, I would just not see him eat. And, I like, for the first couple of, like, you know, for the first couple of weeks, the first, first semester, I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't, I just thought he had different uh, 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 schedule, and I didn't even really bring it, bring it up. But someone said, like, yo, I, I've never seen him eat. So, like, that, like, it, like, the glass broke. Have you never, like, bang, wow, that person is, you know, is crazy. Um, and so, like, the glass broke, and I never saw him eat, and I was trying to figure out why I never ate. And then one day, we, we became closer friends and, and stuff like that, and, like, I always asked him, like, why don't you eat? And he's like, I do eat. I'm like, okay. Um, but anyways, so one day, he asked, he asked me if I wanted to go back to uh, his, like, his parents' house, his family's house for the weekend. And he only lived, like, a couple of, of hours away, and he would do this every weekend. He'd go back on Friday after his classes were done and then get back on maybe even like Monday before his classes started or like Sunday, which was like, it's like, goodbye, friend. And then I have a whole dorm room to myself. And it was awesome. Um, but anyways, um, but like, and I lived like eight hours away, so it wasn't going to happen for me. So anyways, I said, sure, that sounds great. It'd be a lot of fun. And it was like a long weekend, so we could have a good time. So have like... We went there, had a good Saturday, and, like, I was really, like, the most important and most exciting thing that I was, like, more than happy to go with him is that I knew I was going to get down to the bottom of this. I was going to see this guy eat. Like, like, does he eat like a bird? Like, does he eat like a squirrel? Does he, like, get his meal and go... Um, like, or does he like just like eat like a dog? Was like, um, like, you know, most guys, like, I just wanted to see him eat. And, like, all the way there... Didn't eat, like, we stopped, and he's like, no, I'm good, I don't need anything. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm waiting until I get home. I'm like, all right, so we didn't eat, didn't eat Saturday night, but we got there, like, kind of late and stuff because we had to do stuff. And then Sunday morning came around, and uh, we went to church, right? And then the, the Sunday afternoon, like, we got into this car, and we just started, like, going someplace, and I was like, this is where they kill me, because um, I don't know this family, and they're just taking me to, like, some strange house, and we get there, and, like, all these people started coming up, and he's like, oh, this is my Aunt Moo Moo, and, like, this is my, my, like, Grandma Mima, and, like, you know, like, this is Uncle Joe from my mother's side, half, half brother from my father, you know what I mean, like, stuff like that, it's like this big, huge family, and they had a feast, they had, like, so much food. And you have, like, have you ever been to Thanksgiving and you just eat so much? You just want to curl over and, and pass out and never eat a single drop of food ever again? Has that ever happened to you? Like, it usually happens when I go to Ale House, you know? Like, I eat so much there, and I'm like, and my stomach's like, why would you do this? And my eyes are like, it needed to be done. Um, 
And so, like, uh, that's what happened. And we just ate, like, I just wanted, like, him to roll me out the door. And he ate, too. And I got to see him eat. And, like, well, put your hand down. And, and so, like, uh, and so uh, you can ask me later. Uh, and so he, we just ate and ate and ate and ate and ate. And then we were full. Like, we were so full. Have you ever been so full you miss a meal? <laughs> no. You, listen, that, that's you to this morning. It'll happen. Once you, once you get old like me and your metabolism stops and you start seeing this just like going, um, and, and like, you know, chubby fatness all over, you're going to see that like if you eat a lot, maybe you don't eat, maybe you don't eat Sunday, Sunday afternoon. You know, like it's thir- like you have a huge Thanksgiving deal, dinner. You're not going to eat Thanksgiving on, on uh, Sunday night unless you have like a different family. And so like, that was like us. We were just full, so full. I ate so much that day, and we ate so much that day. I was full the next morning. The next morning, I was, I was full. I didn't even eat breakfast. Lunch came around. Okay, I started to get a little hungry. And then by dinner on Monday, it was like Sunday was the farthest thing from me. And I was like, where's the cafeteria? I need food because I was hungry, right? But I, didn't, I saw him not eat again. So I asked him, like, bro, why don't you eat? Like, why don't you eat? He's like, I eat once a day. I eat like once a week, I mean. I'm like, what do you mean you eat once a week? I eat once a week. I get all my calories for the whole entire week on one day out of the day on Sunday afternoon. And then I don't eat the whole week. And I'm like, that's unhealthy. He's like, why? You have the same exact calories as me throughout the week. I'm just eating it one day. That's crazy. And that's an untrue story. Didn't happen. I made it all up. But, but here's the thing. I know, I'm that good. Um, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the moral of the story. Here's the moral of the story. Shh, 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 listen. Here's the moral of the story. Tommy's a liar. Uh, no, no, no. Here's the moral of the story. The fact is, the fact is, it's unhealthy it's unhealthy to take nutrients. It's unhealthy to take one dose of nutrients and then not do it the rest of the week. That's unhealthy. What's important is to take the nutrients that you need, take the growth that you need, take the water, the food, and the nutrients that you need to survive and space that out throughout the week. Maybe have a big meal every, every like week and you space that out. Well, the Bible says that this that it is the word of God. The Bible says that this is food for the soul, food for the mind, food for the heart, food for strength. That's what the Bible is. And just as it's unhealthy, just as it's unhealthy to eat once a week, and you look at that and go, that's ridiculous, why would anybody do that? It's the same with Scripture. Because some of us only look at Scripture every once, once a week, maybe twice a week, um, and we wonder why we're not growing. You see, that story is kind of somewhat like the parables. See, Jesus spoke in parables. A lot of times when he was speaking to, um, sometimes he would be very direct, sometimes he would give analogies, but a lot of times he'd speak in parables, and there's this idea of a story that has a moral value to it. A story that has a moral value to it. Because you can learn through that. And we talked about that last week. And today, we are going to get into the parable 
of the laborer in the, the vineyard. The laborer in the vineyard. And it's in um, Matthew chapter 20, verse, verse 1. Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. Delicious. So this is what happens, guys. This is what, what, what is going on is he's kind of explaining what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. What the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. And it says in verse 1 where he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for the vineyards. So basically, like, think grapes. It was a very prized uh, crop back in that day um, because, uh, you know, wine, grapes, everything like that. You needed that, actually, that alcohol to, to burn off, like, the bacteria in, in water and everything that you use. So vineyards were really important. So there was a laborer, a master of the house, that went, and he went to go get laborers early in the morning. After greeting, after, and he went to the, like, the town, the center of the town, and he said, hey, I need some laborers to come out and work my, my, uh, my fields. If you do, and you're there the whole day, I will give you a day's wages, and it, that would be like a denarii. Um, and so they said, sure, we need work. You'll, you'll pay us what we're worth, uh, a whole day's wages. It wasn't like unfair. Think of it like now, it would be like $15 an hour, right? So they ask you to do a job, and they say $15 an hour for eight hours a day for the eight hours a day, and we'll, 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 that's what we'll pay you, right? And so they, um, they say, sure, that's great. Early in the morning, so he goes and he starts working the vineyard. That's awesome. Good money, right? They're doing that. They're doing their thing. And then midday comes, lunchtime. Lunchtime comes. He sees that his vineyard still needs some help. There's, he does, there's not a lot of people there. Like, they need more people. They need more man work. So they go and they say, he goes to, oh, my stars, my watch, um, they go, he goes back to town, sees more people just standing around, more people who are out of work, more people who need it, and says, hey, come work in my vineyard, I'll give you, I'll give you what you're worth, and, and they said, sure, we'll go. And so they went, right, and started working the vineyard. And then he saw that it was still more, no more to be done, and then went out again at like four o'clock, like Let's say if you quit at 5, if the end of the day is 5, and if it's like 6, they're getting done, then they've got like maybe an hour left of work. So they're only working for an hour, right? And so they go back, he goes back to the town, that, and he says, I need more laborers. There's people just standing around. Why are you standing around? I need, I need work. And he said, okay, I'll give you some work. You can go work my vineyard. So he, they go, and they go work their vineyard for about an hour. And now, so now you have the people who have been working there all day, you have the people who've been working there from lunchtime, and you have the people who've been only there for an hour, maybe in dust, trying to kind of cleaning up stuff. All right? So that's kind of like where the parable starts off. And we see in verse 8, we see in verse 8, and when evening came, and the owner went to the vineyard and said to the foreman, which is basically the boss, uh, call all the laborers and pay them what their wages, beginning with the least um, and start with the least and then, and then end up with the first. So basically, he's saying, pay the people who've only been here an hour and then get to the people who've been here for a day, right? And when those, hi when those hired bought ab about the e 
eleventh uh, hour, which is basically in the night time, in, in the, that last hour, each of them received a denarii. So they received the same amount. Now, when the hires first came, the so those who fir- were hired first came, they uh, they though they also received the same amount, and they started to grumble and complain. And I'm receiving, and they grumbled into their masters of, of the master's house, saying, these, uh, these, people who were late, these people who were late got the same wages as us. But think about it. They're annoyed that the people who've only worked for an hour, the people who've only done anything for an hour, um, are getting the same wages. And in a, in a practical sense, this doesn't ma- really make sense. It doesn't really make sense. And so they're grumbling about this. The master of the house hears about this. The owner of of the vineyard says this. But he replied and said to them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarii? Take your belongings, uh, you, you and you can go. I choose to give to the least workers as I give to you. I... I am I not am I not allowed to do what I choose with the things that I that belong to me? Or does or does this deceive you? Or does is or is this ungracious enough? And verse 15 talks about this. So the last and then he says in verse 16 so the last will be first, and the first will be last. So here's the situation. They're upset. They're angry. And he looks at them and says, what have I done wrong? I haven't done anything wrong. I said, like, I'd pay you $15 an hour for eight hours of that day. I gave you that. You, you, you did what you agreed to. But I gave that same amount to someone else that only worked an hour. It's mine. I can give it to who I'd like. I can give those riches, that reward, to whom I please. And then he basically shows how, like, that they're blinded because of their jealousy in verse 15. So what's this understanding of the kingdom of heaven? What can we learn from this story? What can we learn from the last being the first and the first being the last. What does that even mean? How do we apply that to our own lives? Well, there's three different ways that we can apply the story um, that I saw that to our lives and what we can learn about the kingdom of heaven, what we can learn about Jesus, and what we can learn about ourselves. Number one, we spend too much time thinking about other people. We spend way too much time thinking about other people. Let me, let me, uh, like, like, I've been, I've been in church my whole life. I've sat there. Maybe this is your first time ever in church. Oh, my stars. What's, oh, that's, I thought that came from the roof. It's just your hair that, because someone ripped up a cup. Never mind. All right. ADD moment. Sorry. Um, I'm back now. Um, but anyways, where even was I? Okay, yeah. Number one, we spend too much time thinking about other people. Here's the thing. We like to hear a lesson, hear something, hear something that's going on, and we like to think of someone else. 
And maybe that someone else does have that problem, and we're thinking to ourselves, man, I really wish that this pr- Susie could hear this lesson. And if you're in here, Susie, and you're like, start to cry, don't worry, I just, I didn't mean it. <laughs> um, but anyways, I really wish J- Billy, Bo- Billy Bob could hear this lesson, because he needs to hear it, because that guy's a jerk, Right? We think about too, uh, many, too, too many people. You see, this Hebrew root in 15, um, this phrase, um, it literally means, is your eyes evil? Is your eyes evil? And in the new te- in NLT, the translation NLT, um, it says, should you be jealous because I am kind to others? We get so prideful, and I do this all the time, guys, and my, my pride just beams when I see someone else be, being successful when I have put in just as much work as they may have. One of the most annoying things to me was when I was in football, and I did two-a-days, um, and like, if you don't know what two-a-days are... They're horrible. Um, it's where you have two and a half hours or three hour practices, and you do two of them. Sometimes, like some schools, do three days, right? Um, but anyways, I do a we do a lesson. We do lesson. We do a practice in the morning, and we work and we work our tails off, and we do all that stuff. We come in, we get dinner, we get lunch, and then we have like a, an hour of classing of work, like like different plays and working through stuff and like watching game films and all that stuff. And then we go back out and we do another two to three hours worth of work, right? And there's always that jerk, always that weenie that comes in the day after two-a-days and signs up for the team and somehow gets on the team. It drove me up a wall because they're like, I didn't know about two-a-days. There was two days? I didn't know. I thought it started when school started. No, you didn't, you big, lazy bum. Yeah, you know, like, you, you, uh, and then somehow they'd play or something like that, and I, I was so annoyed. But here's the thing. This happens in my professional life. I see someone, like, doing great things, and they're being, they're getting called to do messages and all this stuff, and, like, I look at their Instagrams or their Facebooks, and I get a little bit annoyed about how great they're doing because I am a prideful person. And I think about other people's success in the anger of that. You see, my jealousy overwhelms me that I cannot even be kind to other people. You see, what was happening here is that the people who were working there all day, and those people, and then they had the people who came alongside them and helped them and worked with them half the day for a few hours, they were so eyes were covered with evil that they couldn't even be grateful and happy and appreciative to their co- fellow co-worker, to their fellow friend, their fellow family member. Being the last shall be first and the first shall be la- last is this understanding that you are going to be humble enough to l- know that sometimes people are going to be more successful and that's Okay. Sometimes they're going to get the part in school. Sometimes that they're going to go like tell 30 people about Jesus and you only told one. That's great. There was 31 people who heard about God. 
We get so wrapped up with other people and what they're thinking and what they need to do that we forget that we need to work on ourselves. Number two, God is not looking for a perfect person. God is not looking for perfect people. Because guess what, guys? None of us, none of us are those people who've been in the fields for, for like the whole day. You know the salvation that the, the 12 disciples received? Minus one. The 12, the, the 12 disciples received that they were with Jesus. They saw Jesus. They followed Jesus before he died on a cross. And then when he rose again, they told people about God. They told people about him, and they saw great things happen, and they died for their faith. They were beaten, they were torn, they were put on a cross and hung to die. The salvation that they received is the same salvation that we receive. You see, God's not looking for perfect people. He's not looking for the person that comes by and like he gets straight A's. They're the greatest at sports. They can even play music. They're always popular. They're always cool. They have influence and all of that. Of course he wants those people to be saved. He wants the nice people to be saved because they can use their influence for Christ. Of course they want, he wants that. He's the one that gave that influence to that person. But guess what? He also wants the person who feels like they're not worth anything because they are. He also wants the person who feels like they don't have any friends, the person that feels like they have no influence, the person that feels like they're trying, they try and try to get good grades, but they can't, or they try and they try to get on something, but they can't. He also wants you, and guess what? He's going to do a great work in you. He can change the world with you. He takes ordinary people and makes them extraordinary. Normal people. Do you understand that the 12 disciples that he was telling this to for the first time, the 12 disciples, they weren't super popular. They weren't rich. They weren't Pharisees and knew the law. They were fishermen. They were a low-class people. And he chose them to change the world. God's not looking for perfect people. Salvation is the same for everyone. Now, will there be riches in heaven? Yes, it's an alarm. It happens. Will there be riches in heaven? For though, like, will there be rewards in heaven? Yes, there will. But the reward for accepting him is the same for everybody, that you get to be in heaven with him and the kingdom of God with him for eternity if you accept him and believe in him. And surrender to him. And number three. So number one was that there that um, um, we spend too much time thinking of other people. We spend too much time thinking of what they're what they're good at, or what they need to work on, or what they're doing wrong, or what they need to do right, and we don't spend enough time on ourselves. Even if they are the ones that wronged us, we need to see how we need to work in that situation. We need to see how we need to control ourselves and go to God with our problems. Number two, God loves unperfect people. 
because he knows that we're all broken and none of us are perfect. He's not looking to change the world with the most popular person, the most friendly person. For crying out loud, Paul, who like wrote, like God used him to write a lot of the New Testament, who changed lies. You know what his job was before becoming a Christian? Killing Christians. That was his job. He'd go around with his entourage, and he would command them to go kill that Christian, go kill that Christian, go kill as many Christians as you can. That's what he did, and God used him to change, to be one of the most powerful um, uh, people at that time for the gospel, and it's all because of God. And number three, and number three, and understand this point most importantly, Entrance into the kingdom of heaven is through God's grace alone. Entrance into the kingdom of heaven, a relationship with him, is nothing that you can do. It is through the humility of the all-powerful, almighty God that came down, shed his blood, and showed us mercy and grace in our lives. And for us to be able to be with him, the Bible says that we need to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is Lord. It is this idea of becoming lesser, becoming least, so he can become greater. It's about taking our pride and saying, you know what, I'm a sinful horrible human being that is in need of a savior. I am broken. And the only way that I can feel whole, the only way that I can, I can feel complete, I can, the only way I can have true identity is to surrender my life to him. It is to say that, Lord, I need you I understand that you're the only way to heaven. You're the only way to a relationship with you. Please come into my life. Change me. And what happens is that when we do that, we become not just a different person, but we become a new person. And the person that we were before needs to become less and last and so that he can come first. And there's a lot of people in here, including me, that don't want to do that because, and not necessarily like, I, it's not the fact that I haven't surrendered my life, I've done that, and it's not the fact that I haven't, like, wanted God to be first. I do that, but sometimes, guys, I, I want to be in charge. Sometimes, guys, I want to do something, and I want to be like, yeah, Tommy's awesome. What, what? Pop, pop. You know, like, oh, that's so cool that he, he did this, and he did that. He's successful. That guy made a lot of money. He made a lot of money. He was great. He's awesome, and he'd be lifted up here. But no, that's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying to be successful is to let God take the credit. 
Let God work through you. Give God the glory instead of yourself the glory. And when you do that, you will accomplish so much more than you ever would have done alone. So as the band comes up and we get ready to close, I want to remind you, and I want everyone's eyes to be closed right now. I want everyone's eyes to be closed. Just this is, I know this is kind of weird sometimes and we do this like a lot, but this is really a time where we can take the distractions away from like everybody else in the room or like putting, you know, styrofoam cups pieces on our heads or like, you know, like all the crazy stuff that we like to do and stuff like that, looking at our phones, all that. And we could just look at our own lives. We can really examine our own life, our, like our last week, our last month, our last year. And we could look at our lives, and this is a time where I don't want a, you to justify your own actions because when we do that, when we justify our own actions, when we look at it and say, like, no, I'm okay, I'm good, I don't need it, I'm fine, uh, this is fine, we're putting ourselves first, and when we put ourselves first, we're really just putting ourselves last. We really are because we're not listening to what we actually need, and that's Jesus Christ. So when we put ourselves last and we put God first, we then become first because we have what we need, and that's Jesus Christ. So stop thinking about your, like other people who, who needs to hear this, but start thinking about how can this apply to me? How can I work on my own life? How can I take the evil out of my eyes and start looking at and be en in the enviousness of what we can, I see around me and how can I affect me? I want you to start thinking to yourself, if I was to become least and let God take control and let him become first, what could I do through him? I know I'm not a perfect person. I know I sin sometimes. I know I stumble sometimes. But God doesn't want perfect people. He died on the cross and rose again for unperfect people. So start thinking to yourself, if I was to truly become least, surrender my life to become least and put God first, what could I do for God? What could God do through me is even a better question to that. What could God do through me? How could, I, how could he change the world through me? And then I want you to think to yourself, as you're processing this, if entrance into the kingdom of heaven is through God's grace alone. Have I gotten that? Have I received that grace? Have I actually received that grace? If I actually surrendered my life for the first time, I say, God, I'm putting myself last. I'm putting you first so that I could be first with you because of your strength and your grace. Have I ever done that? Have I done that for the first time where you said to yourself, 
I need to surrender my life so that God can be my Savior, so I can walk with Him, so I can spend eternity in heaven with Him. If that's something that you'd like to do, I want to be able to pray for you. I want to be able to talk to you about it. Um, if, that's, if, if you'd like to, to accept him for the first time today, could you raise your hand? Is anyone here? I just want to give an opportunity to someone. Cool. See a hand over there. Anyone else? So I'm going to pray a prayer right now for those uh, uh, that raised their hand and then the one that, uh, if there's someone in here that hasn't but they really wanted to, pray this prayer. Uh, it's not the words, but it's the heart behind surrendering your life to him. Dear Father, and then you can just repeat these words after, as I do. Dear Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you. Lord, I know I'm broken. And I know that the only way to have a relationship is through Jesus Christ. Lord, I surrender my life to you. Come into my life and make me new. If you prayed that prayer, I just want you to be able to, I want to encourage you to talk to someone about it so we can pray for you and that we can rejoice with you. But maybe you're in this room and you've looked at the, you've thought to yourself, okay, I'm thinking about myself. I'm not thinking about other people. It's hard to, but I'm doing it. Okay, I, I, I'm looking at, I, I know I'm not a perfect person and I want to, um, uh, uh, be used by God, but you're struggling with the fact that you're a day laborer and you're annoyed with the circumstances around you. You're annoyed at the people around you who are jerks. You're annoyed that you, 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 you're not doing well in school or whatever it might be. And so you decide to keep your mouth shut, not say, not work, uh, not tell people about Christ, not grow in your faith. Listen, you are becoming prideful and, and you need to release that so that you can become less, so that you, in order for Christ to grow in you and you'll be able to grow through him with that. And some of us need to do that. And if you're in here and you're, and you're like, I need help with this, I need strength with this, I want to pray for you. I do, I want to pray for you. So if you could just raise your hand if you're in here and you want to, you need help with just making yourself least and let him grow. I just want to see your hand so I can be praying for you. All right. All right, cool. Let me pray for you guys and we'll get out of here. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for what you've done. And Lord, I just pray that there'd be someone in here that can, that, that can become less so that you can become more in their lives. Lord, I just pray that I can become less and you could be more in my life. Help me with my own pride. Help me with my own humility. Help me with my own discouragement in my own life, God. Help us, Lord, so that you can get the glory and not ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Darkness tries to roll over my bones